Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Take the Hill, which is a leadership podcast designed to connect you with the human experience of leadership uh, through our many conversations here, as well as with the many guests that we have the incredible opportunity to interact with along the way. So I'd like to welcome back as well, Dennis and Angelo. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, welcome. Hello, everybody. It is good to be here. We are live. Well, not live, but we're in person, yeah. which is awesome. Yes. Different. It's great to be able to do this again. I know we had a little bit of a hiatus. Um, like I said, just uh, with everything that has happened over the past year or so in the world, um, which, like I said, it didn't slow us down perhaps uh, completely, but like I said, we haven't been able to tape as many episodes as we would have liked. Uh, like I said, there's just a lot of, lot of stuff happening around the world uh, at a global level as well as personally, uh, no doubt. Uh, so today, uh, what we'd like to do is at least you know, get caught up a little bit uh, and hear what Angelo and Dennis have been up to uh, over the past year or so. Uh, before we start to get some guests on our show, uh, just to get their perspective, perhaps of you know, big things that happened in their lives, you know, in terms of people, places, and things uh, over the last year or so. So, Angelo, what's going on, man? Oh, geez, you know, I'm here, and I think that sometimes that's just, uh, you know, that that's an accomplishment in itself is just being here, being happy, and smiling, and doing things that you love to do. It's good to be here with the three of you and to kind of get back into some sort of grind that we, you know, are pretty used to doing here with Take the Hill. Um, it's, been a, it's, it's been a whirlwind for everybody here, you know, it seems. But me personally, a lot has changed since I think the last time that we really taped. Um, I've, you know, I've always looked up to the both of you for your strong leadership skills and, and always was waiting for my opportunity to maybe really get a chance to jump into a leadership role and position. And, and finally, over the summer, heading into August, I um, was given the opportunity to move into a new role here at Point Park University. I'm now the director of student conduct. So that's some of the big news for me. It's, um, it is a director role, it's a leadership role here on campus. And, and really the big focus for me is to ensure the safety of the community, to uphold the standards, expectations, and policies of the university and the, the um, student handbook, and ultimately to find educational ways to help students just become better representations of Point Park University, University better representations of themselves, and to try to help give some of the leadership skills that I have um, acquired and, and, and help others kind of gain some of that as well. And that's awesome. And I, I can tell you from first-hand experience, and I'll let Dennis, of course, jump in here, but I mean, it's been a pleasure, like you said, having you with us on this journey and just being able to watch you grow as a leader. Um, like I said, you were always a leader. And I suppose the, the right word should be continue to refine that leadership skill set. Uh, and so much of the things that we talk about uh, on the show in terms of honesty, integrity, and purpose, and passion, and, and just really making your way in the world and, and being who you are, I think you know, students and university community as a whole responds to you because you are an authentic version of yourself. So just my thoughts. I appreciate that. Um, and um, I'm curious, Dennis, to hear what you've been up to then well, uh, recently. Well, first, I'd like to congratulate you, Angelo, on oh. your uh, new position. Jeez. It's exciting when you're, when you're moving forward. And, uh, you know, your personality, you're, you're definitely going to go far, and you're going to do well in that type of a position. Uh, Angelo made a uh, reference that uh, he was with us three. I think he's counting me as two. 
I don't know. Maybe oh, I did shouldn't I eat say that. Three? Maybe I shouldn't eat that donut this morning. But, uh, <laughs> did I say know. three? I think I'm thinking but, about maybe our guests that yeah. are coming on. <laughs> okay. But no, that's that's fine. Hey, I, a lot has been happening in my life actually. Um, just career-wise, it's kind of the same. I'm still teaching at all the different colleges uh, that I teach at Indiana, full, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, full time and. Here, Point Park part-time and Penn State part-time, Waynesburg part-time. So I keep busy teaching, but uh, I've recently, just because of the housing market, I sold my home and made quite a profit, and I'm actually going to be building a cabin in the middle of nowhere. What? And uh, I'm going to become a minimalist. Are you really? uh, I've always had a dream to, to just minimize what I am, who I am, and just live life uh, floating on the lake. So, <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah, so... This is, I'm getting myself set up for retirement for the next five years, hopefully, maybe eight, ten. Well, if IUP's listening, I'll probably work till <laughs> I die. Um, but anyway, you know, just stuff like that. Um, I'm excited and looking forward to it. Uh, just uh, minimalizing my whole being. Now, I got a question, though, Dennis, uh, surrounding all that. It, it, did the pandemic have anything to do with this? Did it? Did it? This may have been something that you've wanted to do for some time, but it, did it propel this forward a little bit? Um, no, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think, and, and this is going to sound stupid, but my age, I think, I think I'm just uh, tired of worrying about things and uh, trying to obtain those things and get things. And now I'm just going to be happy and content with what I have and, uh, and just hopefully live life in a much easier flow and uh, just uh, probably getting to know myself a little better and my wife a little better and just, uh, you know, pursuing other interests. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's awesome. I think it's a good story, too. And, and I know we haven't really had the time on our show, I think, to really dig into Dennis's background. Uh, but like I said, I mean, he's, I think I would say you lived your life to the fullest. Yeah. Us so far, right? You've, you've had you've had a really incredibly interesting journey in terms of you know, your professional pathway through life. Yes. And like you said, I think that collective experience has enabled you to be comfortable with that decision to say, okay, you know what? It's time to just relax a little bit and then, and enjoy the world, right? Yeah, I think um, I think I've obtained all the goals that I really were shooting for. Um, I mean. But like you said, uh, maybe one day we'll do a show on uh, my humble beginnings and all the things that uh, I overcame uh, in our audience. I mean, I overcame a lot of uh, hurdles as far as uh, my personal life and and uh, dependencies and, you know, all them type of things and having people tell me I could never do it. So my only advice I can give anybody out there listening is don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do what you want to do because you can uh, just with a little hard work and a little uh, vision and just move forward and just jump all those hurdles. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Patrick, though, what about you? I mean, I feel like somebody's got to ask you the question and, and ask what you've been up to. I, I know you're a busy guy. I mean, I, you're yeah. all over the place. <laughs> Usually I'm the one asking the questions. So I know. I, I can avoid that answering, I suppose, sometimes. Huh? But no, uh, you know what? I, I look at this last year. Again, for me, I, I feel like I, I didn't slow down enough. Right? I mean, in all honesty, because, again, it was one of those things where you know, life kept going for you know, our kids and our family. And then we were trying to kind of lead our way through this, this pandemic. Right? So... Like I said, there's that, certainly a little more flexibility to my time, 
you know, but I feel like you said every day was still kind of action packed, but I was incredibly grateful because I think if, if you look at it, at it holistically, I mean, when in your life do you essentially get a year to spend more time with your family? I mean, I mean, that's such a rare thing, right? Yes. And so there were times where like I would consciously make decisions to, you know what, I'm just going to kind of put work aside for a little bit. Uh, and, and like you said, enjoy being there with my kids, whether that was doing homework, uh, laundry, <laughs> making dinner, whatever that may have been. But yeah, so in terms of projects, though, you know, my, my biggest accomplishment thing over the last year, you know, I, I had really wanted to finish uh, one of my particular flight training goals, which was to, to wrap up the flight instructor stuff. You know, I'd been putting that off, so I was able to finish that one. Um, and again, like you said, there was just a couple other projects uh, related to this podcast. Uh, we're trying to, Dennis and I are trying to start to write a book at some time. Which what? Might, which might be done, I think, yeah. by the time we're about 90. What? <laughs> and I hit that before you, so yeah. uh, let's hurry. Yeah. This is news to me. It is. Well, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where, I mean, between us, and there's just so many stories, you know, that we've experienced over the course of our lives that directly relate, I think, to leadership oh, yeah. in, in yeah. some way. And it's... And we've had conversations about this idea that you're, you're, when we look at leadership, it's, people have turned it into this really complex idea that's gotten away from the essence of what it truly should be. And like I said, I think our, and speak, you know, I'm not going to speak directly for Dennis here, but I mean, I think collectively we, we somewhat believe that maybe our contribution is to kind of get it back to the core essence of yeah. relationships, right? And the realization that anybody can be a leader regardless of your role or position within an organization. I agree. Um, we've lost a lot of that. And then it just becomes so, it's it's like, it's tunnel vision. I mean, everybody just has this idea and, and actually I think it's, and, and we don't want to give away our book, but <laughs> it's uh, it's actually corrupting or it's, it's causing so much corruption within that relationship between leader and follower that um, I don't think anybody has a true essence of or an idea of what it really means. Yeah, so out there, if anybody's listening, if you're a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ghost writer. Right. We need some help <laughs> in a big way. So, you know, so, or if you're just really good at motivating, you know, like yeah. we're good at following directions. Right. That's why we work good with Angelo. He, he's kind of leading the charge here. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, my question for you, Angelo, is, you know, as you look back at the last year, what is one thing that you became just completely attached to that like, you could go nowhere without today? And you're saying that this is like a, a gadget, a tool. Due because like, of, a, like due to the pandemic or something? I, yeah, like over the last year, like for whatever reason, like what is, is there something there? Like, is it a playlist? Is it like your, like, what is it? So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly always attached to my phone and technology. That's nothing new. But um, to be honest with you, the thing that I've been kind of attached to the most is, um, is my Nintendo Switch. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a big video game guy. I'm a big believer that you got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You have to have some of that downtime, do the things that help you decompress and, and just have some fun. I'm a big physical media collector. So I've been having my Switch next to me whenever I can. I try to take like 15 minutes, just sit down, play a little game, you nice. know, unwind puts me in a good mental space to move forward with the rest of my day nice, what nice. A, well what about you guys dennis you're on deck yeah, yeah see um, how i avoided that wow what am i attached to i guess i'm attached to a concept um and this might be a little odd but uh just uh i'm, I'm obsessed with this idea of just c 
creating a new lifestyle for myself. Um, my wife and I both uh, have sat down and just, we're finding that we're just at peace with all this and that uh, we're finding out it's really what we want to do. So I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with this new concept, tiny house, less things, the whole nine yards, you know, so. Nice. Um, I don't know. I, you know, and I love my camping. I love being out in nature and on the boat and stuff like that. I know, Angela, you're, you're a kayaker too, right? I so, am. I am. Yeah, the outdoors is, is a big part of it. It is. Um, it's good to get out there. And I'll throw one out there. Pizza. Well, I, I have been obsessed with becoming really good at making my own pizza. Wow. And we're talking about dough to the ingredients to, like, to the point where I'm ready to build a fire pit in my backyard to, to actually cook wow. these things. So I, I don't know. I've, I've always been a pizza. It's a pizza person, well, the real thing. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Foodie, I got one question, though. What's that? I only live, what, half mile from <laughs> you, and I've had yet to share a pizza with you in this uh, past year. So uh. so you've you've figured out my, my Achilles heel in terms of leadership. I'm a very selfish individual when it comes to food. All right, so I guess that's a throwback to the Friends episode. Nobody touches Joey's fries. <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's, like that. that's, that's my... I apologize. No, so, no, no. That's know? okay. I'll... Uh, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, I'll crash your pizza party one of these days. <laughs> what, what's the um, what's the thing that you want to accomplish with your pizza making next? I mean, is there mm. a particular style of pizza or maybe like a particular ingredient that you want to incorporate that you haven't done yet? No. Okay. This is going to be really corny, but I, my thing is I love making pizza for other people. Right. So wait a minute. Know, the, what? The <laughs> what? So, so Dennis, I waited purposely until you left town before I started inviting the other cool people at Point Park over. Right. So, no, I know that sounds incredibly arrogant of myself, but uh, no, it, it, it's just not ready yet. No, I it's just I not ready yet. I get it. You want to wait till you've perfected it before That's you bring right. in the, the pros. Right. That's okay. right. Absolutely. So when I have you and Angelo and everybody else over, like I said, it, it would be perfected to the point where y'all can come enjoy some of that I'm stuff. I'm looking so. forward to it. Yum. <laughs> there we go. So, All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are here yeah. with Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Hello. SAM major in the Roland School of Business at Point Park University. Right, Jenna? Yep. Welcome to the show. So today we want to talk about music. Yes. So I notice you're wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. I am. Fan? Or just like the logo? Um, I know some of their stuff. This is actually my mom's tour shirt from oh, no when way. she went, like, how many years ago? That's so. so cool. <laughs> All right, right now, favorite bands. Give me your top two. Ooh, I've been super into Greta Van Fleet recently. Yes, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, they're, they're are, really good. Is it because of TikTok? Are you seeing them on there? Um, or? I was into them a little bit before, but then TikTok has definitely... Um, sped it up a little bit <laughs> now you know I, as patrick said i am a little modest but i will say i've interviewed greta van fleet for my podcast before have you i interviewed greta van fleet before they ever got big no joke so if oh, you go wow. and check out i can't remember the the episode but i had yeah. um everybody but josh everybody but the lead singer oh, was okay, on the show yeah. with me uh, and they're amazing. They're so talented. That's awesome. Have you seen them live? No, I haven't. I'm really excited to, though. They put on a good show. Oh. So, and I, uh, sorry to interrupt. So, Greta Van Fleet's one of the bands that you like. What else? Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually seeing Harry Styles tonight. He's there a big one. Cool. Love him. Um, I am a very big Swifty. Yes. Taylor Swift. Love her. Um, so, yeah, I guess those would be my, like, big three right now. So, let me ask you a question, actually, Jenna, on the topic of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm only slightly in tune with 
the Taylor saga, I think, that's going on where she's basically reclaiming yeah. her music for herself, right? Yeah. There was issues with record labels and management and taking advantage of her and, and probably a lot of other things as well. Right, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Taylor's approach and re-releasing her music? Yeah, to my knowledge, she's not changing anything about the music at all. She's re-recording it so that the rights become to her. I mean, what are your thoughts yeah. on all that? Um, I think that's so awesome for her. And I think that's such a good example to set for new artists coming on the scene that they should actually be able to like own the rights to their music. Because I mean, even back to her first album, like she has wrote all of her songs. Now yep. she's had some help on all of them, but like she is credited on every single song she's ever wrote. Yep. So it's nice that she's able to actually own the royalties and masters to all of her own songs now. Absolutely. And I think that it's a, it's a good lesson, especially for somebody in the sports art entertainment management program of just how important um, the business side of the music industry really is. You have these artists that maybe aren't always privy to the fine print or to what a label's going to actually try to leverage. And it, it is good to see Taylor kind of reclaiming that for herself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm also, I'm going to ask another question while I still have the mic ready. So you're doing sports art entertainment management. What, what kind of facet of, of all those areas are you looking to go into? Um, definitely like the entertainment aspect, um, more towards like the live show aspect. So I'd love to be like a venue manager or tour manager or just something like that. Cause I love live music, uh, so, so much, but I love the organizing and planning aspect of it as well. That's amazing. And what, what year are you right now? Um, I'm a junior, but I'm actually going to be graduating early this year. So I'm graduating in the spring. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Did you do an internship yet? Yes, I did. I just did one over the summer with the Pittsburgh Zoo. How did that go? What did you do? Um, so I was there. Oh, I'm trying to think of the title. Oh, a group sales and rentals intern. So I basically did all the booking for, you know, the group sales, like the birthday parties and the pavilions and stuff like that. But I also did all the late night events they had there, like in the aquarium and stuff, um, like weddings, proms, galas, like anything like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. It impressive. was super fun. It's, it's <laughs> impressive stuff. Thanks. And what did you learn from that opportunity? Um, what was the, the takeaway? Yeah, definitely learning the experience of like how a live event actually like works and how no two events are the same. You, you'll run into problems left and right that you're just not prepared for and you have to think of solutions like on the fly. Um, so that was super fun to like learn and get used to. Cool. Yeah, um, I'm old school, so you could tell <laughs> I got a little bit of gray here. And I don't relate with <laughs> a lot bit. of the new bands you're talking about, but I am. Uh, where do you see yourself? I mean, you were talking about what you're enjoying now. Where do you see yourself maybe five, ten years from now? Um, I've been super interested in the Nashville entertainment scene. So I was thinking maybe checking out job opportunities there after graduation because they are like such an entertainment hub especially for live music and like up-and-coming artists so i think that'd be a great opportunity to check out like down there yeah patrick and i were just talking about that today about uh john cougar mellencamp i don't know if you know mm, who that yeah, is yeah, yeah. but uh yeah he was saying how there's lots of opportunities there for many of the musicians and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's exciting mm -hmm. good I think you're just dating yourself even i am i am i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry um i go back to the Psychedelic <laughs> days. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so what's on your bucket list for the next, we'll just say two years, Jenna? That's hard. <laughs> I know. We always ask the hard questions here. I right? definitely want to travel more because okay. I feel like these past few years I've been so focused on my education. 
Um, so I definitely want to get out and travel, see some stuff. Awesome. Uh, definitely Nashville. Check out Nashville. Okay. See if it's worth moving there. It's worth um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's so great there. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I'd love to see Greta Van Fleet live, yes. <laughs> speaking of. Well, yes. you have the connection now. Um, so. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I would definitely say, like, travel more, get out, see some more stuff. Nice, nice. And this is kind of one I stumped Angela with a little bit earlier. But over the last <laughs> yeah. year, what's one thing that you can't live without? now you know this past year i got super into reading nice, nice. so now like i love reading so no i like That's always so have a cool. book on me when i have downtime well jenna thank you so much for of taking course the time this for is so fun <laughs> it is fun and like you said um you're welcome back anytime Oh, I'll be learn, back uh, again. <laughs> excellent. Well, we'll catch up definitely on one of our next episodes because i want to know how nashville was and uh, what your next book that you're reading will be. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, thank you again. <laughs> yeah, for thank you, thank you guys. Nice meeting you. All right. Next on our show this morning is Rain, who is a theater arts major here in the conservatory. Thank you for having me. Arts. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming Welcome. today. So, Rain, tell us about the upcoming production. Little so, so yeah, I'm I'm a. I'm slated to be uh, to perform in an upcoming production called, as you said, "Little Children Dream of God." Awesome. Uh, performs at the Pittsburgh Playhouse this November third through the fourteenth. Um, as as far as what it's about, it follows uh, Zula, who's uh, uh, in her twenties. She is a Haitian woman, born and raised, who um, travels on a tire with her unborn baby to Overtown, Miami, Florida. Um, where uh, we, we follow her in, in her journey with uh, uh, fleeing the demons of her past uh, and creating a new life for herself in a very strange, changing neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a surrealist meets realism sort of piece where we see a lot of uh, dream sequences, uh, nightmare sequences of Zula, who is um, trying to start a new life for her, awesome. and, her and her child. Um, and really, I think, paints a beautiful portrait of the kind of confusion and also horror of what living as an immigrant in, a, in the United States can yeah. be like. Um, so my character, Manuel, he's, uh, he's a patient living in a nursing home that the protagonists um, sort of frequent. Uh, and he sort of serves the arc of the, the whole narrative about, uh, you know, themes touching on generational trauma um, and uh, abandonment of your elders, especially what that means uh, in many communities of color. Um, and he's old and he's bitter. <laughs> so <laughs> there's been a lot of, um, you know, exploration on, on what that abandonment sort of means, feels like, looks like. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a Cuban immigrant. So uh, what is his history? What is his relationship mm -hmm. to, to Cuba, to, to the United States? Um, and it's been a blast. It's been That's really awesome. Fun. What does it wow. mean to you to be finally back on stage? Oh goodness. Well, for me, it's been quite a while. I'm sort of, I fall in kind of this generation of, of kids who uh, uh, the the pandemic took a lot of my college experience. Mm -hmm. um, the first year in our conservatory, my first year at least, um, was uh, untainted by the pandemic however our first year we're not allowed to perform in productions rather we are assigned a, a crew production where we work backstage 
which is a valuable experience, but, but it means our performance opportunities are limited. Um, so uh, halfway through the second semester of my freshman year is when it was March of, of uh, was that 2019? So it'd be 2019, or yeah. yeah, anyways, uh, that's, that's when uh, things sort of hit the fan. And so, uh, yeah, my performance opportunities kind of, kind of went away, and so many kids my age uh, shared that experience with me. So the last time I performed on a stage in front of an audience would have been high school. would have been my wow. senior year of high wow. school when oh, I was yeah. 18, and now I'm soon to be 21. So a quick question. Sure. I mean, so how, how do you think you're going to overcome that challenge of uh, when you start getting out there and start doing losing that time right well i well i spoke to my family i spoke to my dad about it because there is that fear of, of can i will i um and something that he offered and something that a lot of people say is like if 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 you truly love it if if you if it's something that you uh you know feel in your spirit that you're meant to do it's like riding a bike you'll figure it out <laughs> you know yeah. that's the easy part yeah uh the difficult part is is uh, i guess showing up and rising up to the to the challenge of of the story um which has been a blast so far well i think when you were explaining that i thought i was in the theater right <laughs> now i mean you're so passionate about your part and about the play and and uh i really appreciate that, that yeah, i was, thought i was sitting here i was like wow well thank I don't you you have to go see it now <laughs> no yeah. i hope you do uh <laughs> no i mean i just i just oh. try and do justice to the to the story it's yeah. an honor to be a part of to be a part of um such a meaningful and forward-thinking story um the the designers the set designers the costume designers all have a really beautiful vision for how to kind of execute it all to make cousin he's directing um and and he's done a lot of work in in carnegie and um, all around the area so it's it's yeah just trying to bring life to, to this so story. take us through one of the things is amazing and i think this goes for all performers mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> your opening night right walk us through what that's like you're mm-hmm. behind the scenes everybody you have that nervous energy right and you know that curtain is down you know what is it like to be behind stage and well, well like i said i haven't done it in three years so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'll have to remember but yeah no i mean it's it's um it's a rush you yeah. know it's it's there's a, a lot of adrenaline a lot of nerves you know often actors crew members directors mm-hmm. they work tirelessly for weeks sometimes months uh, if you're lucky, uh, all in anticipation for, for, yeah. for getting to, to share it. And so the first share is always kind of ineffable, how to, how to describe what, what that's like. And um, you just never know. You never know what the reaction is going to be. You never know what you yourself are going to bring to new eyes, to the first eyes to, to see the piece. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, we're still, we're still in the early kind of process of, of, of the, of the rehearsals. Um, so I haven't even put myself in that place <laughs> quite yet, but I'll be very, I'll be very excited to, to, again, to share with people. My parents, uh, I, I'm based in Philadelphia, so they're making the drive from Philly out to see the show, staying in a hotel. Um, I have other extended, extended family members who are, who are coming out to see it. So yeah, I'm stoked. So, Rain, you know, to wrap this uh, conversation up, mm-hmm. you're, you're a student leader here on campus. Um, I enjoy working with you in student affairs it's and everything. Pleasure. Absolutely. What's, um, what's, what's next? I know you, you have a lot to focus on with this production coming up, but, like, yeah. what's, the, what's the big picture for you moving forward after that production and as you're rounding out things here at Point Park? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to graduate. <laughs> yes. 
Um, like I said, I set myself up for an early graduation, um, which I'm very glad that I did because in the long run, it will save me a lot of money and it'll save me a lot of time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of putting my head down and, and making sure that I complete all the requirements that I, that I need to in order to have a timely graduation. Um, I think in general, you know, regarding Point Park, regarding uh, any of the number of productions that I'll be a part of, when it's all said and done, I, I just want to leave the place better than I found it, I think. Um, you know, my time in, in residence life, working as a resident educator, I, 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 I strive to do that, uh, as well as my time working as, as an office assistant uh, to the office of student life at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. I think just um, being genuine and, and doing the work, um, which, again, I'm very excited to do this fall. And then once the show closes, on, on to the next creative pursuit, you know, trying to, trying to move and affect others in the way that I love to be moved and affected. So what, what, what about professional goals? What are some of your professional goals? Uh, I just love telling stories, really. I mean, um, to think about it as a profession is necessary, unfortunately, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to forge some, some professional opportunities, albeit small at this point. Um, I am represented at the moment, so you know I would, I would love to get to do what I love as a job, of course. Um, yeah, I, I sort of want to do it all. I want to I wanna tell stories on the stage. I, I, love, I love screen work. I love the intima intimacy of, of transporting people via a, a screen for an hour and a half, two hours. Um, I love voiceover work. I love uh, audio, visual, uh, just just storytelling. Just I, I hope to tell stories, and and I would be honored if anybody would pay me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, Rain, I can certainly tell just in our short you know conversation here this morning. Like you said, you're very well spoken, oh, um, and no doubt you know the individuals that you work in and around the university community are, are no doubt fortunate to have you a part of this this community thank you um, and you're you're gonna do great uh, without a doubt um, for our audience if you can kind of summarize you said you're a storyteller and, and you're passionate about what you do what advice would you give uh, to your colleagues you know who are coming into their maybe their junior or senior year mm. um, to kind of help motivate them and, and keep them you know moving forward a piece of advice that I received pretty early on is um, take your work seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember who said that. It might have been Meryl Streep, mm -hmm. or maybe it was Stevie Nicks, a powerful woman, <laughs> whoever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's been helpful for me. Find wh what it is that you're passionate about. Find something that you, you know, that fuels you, that gets you up in the morning, because otherwise, what's the point? Uh, but have fun doing it. You know, I think that's the most important. Well, Rain, thank you again for joining us today. And again, for those in our audience, make sure that you check out Little Children, Dream of God, and Rain in the upcoming production this fall. Uh, you can find tickets and more information on the pointpark.edu website. Pittsburgh uh, Playhouse. And specifically, you know, yeah. Google Pittsburgh Playhouse. Yeah. Like I said, either through the Point Park website or just Google it. Like I said, it's a standalone site as well. But um, like I said, they do some amazing work and we look forward to seeing you in an upcoming show. Thank so, you so much. Thank you, Rain. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Rain.
Well, welcome back, everybody. Today we have Giovanni Moore here, who is an English major at Point Park University. And we're going to dig into a little bit of music, movies, and the entertainment world, which I think all three of us are certainly excited to talk about. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, Giovanni, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so in case you missed it, I'm Giovanni, and um, just a little bit about me. Um, I am a musician, uh, nice. and an actor as well, and I'm tr I'm trying to explore like the writing world as well, and like just get into as many creative outlets as possible, and just keep myself busy. That's so cool. What type of music do you play? You said you're a musician. Um, so I'm in a couple bands right now. Uh, one of them is called Eye Candy, and that's basically all about the. Uh, punk rock and a hardcore uh, Pittsburgh DIY scene. We actually have a show this Saturday at okay. uh, 222 Ormsby. We're going to okay. be playing... Oh, that's a great venue. Yes. We're going to be playing uh, Bay, with uh, Bay Street and then uh, another Pittsburgh band called Rocky Dennis Face. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Have you ever so played cool. at that venue before? I have not, but I've been trying to, and I finally uh, got it figured out. Like, um, you know, I, I found the right person, and he... Uh, he he's been so great on helping out with uh, new bands because like we're not we're not really that new but we're not really that old like mm -hmm. we started in like late 2019 and then like COVID you yeah. know killed everything yeah and then um, by 2021 mid uh, like May of this year everything just started back up before we were even ready for it and we're like oh shoot we we might have missed the train a little <laughs> bit to get back on our feet but um, we figured it out eventually. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be first, our first gig in quite a while. Nice. Well, you're definitely in the right place because this guy next to me is a uh, world-renowned <laughs> podcaster in the music industry. Oh, that's awesome. So, Spinning Thoughts, he interviews bands all over the world, so I'm sure he's going to have a few line of questions. Yeah, the way, right? I, I definitely um, – I'm into the music. I've played in bands before as well. The punk rock is definitely my scene, a little bit of the grittier style of music. Um, and like I was saying, that 222 Ormsby – it, 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 that's about as DIY of a venue as it gets. It used to be a grocery store, to my knowledge, I think, and they converted awesome. it into a venue. I actually went to high school with the guy who owned it. I don't think he owns it anymore. Max, I don't. Maybe that's somebody that you worked with. Um, mm, no, I don't know. Um, I don't know that name, and I actually didn't know it used to be a grocery store. Yeah, but yeah, I can definitely see like it. I'm look. I was looking it up, and it's like it's in a residential yeah. neighborhood, and it's pretty much a basement yeah and that's that's as diy as it's gonna get it absolutely is um talk to me about the diy scene though here in pittsburgh now whenever i was playing in bands pretty consistently and i haven't been consistently i i always enjoyed the the, the scene i guess you could say but i always felt that it was somewhat lacking to an extent whether it be the support from not necessarily venues or anything, but just like the local support doesn't always seem to show up. What's your perception of that? Has it changed with the pandemic, with people not being able to get to shows? Or you, do you think that there will be a resurgence in the DIY scene? Um, okay, that's a, that's, that's a great question. Um, uh, but uh, I, I feel as though uh, there does need to be a little bit of a resurgence there and a little bit more support from uh each of like the other bands like for example i feel like um i don't want to i don't want to shame any any of the any pittsburgh bands because they're all great and they're all awesome but i feel like they're all they can all be a little bit uh inwardly focused because like you know i've tried 
hitting up a couple people about, you know, doing shows together and they just like didn't get back to me. And um, well, I, I feel as part of being DIY and part of making it is developing those connections and growing into something much, much more bigger than anybody can imagine. And well, I feel like without that communication, it's just gonna not really go anywhere. Um, it's not gonna grow, it's not gonna expand in any way. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to I say got, about that. I gotta ask this question, and only because we have such a diverse uh, listening audience, and I, I'm not talking about what DIY stands for, but what's the concept as far as related to what you're doing with music and, and so forth, so that we understand what that concept means. What is DIY? Uh, so DIY is basically do it yourself. That's what it stands for. Right. And, um, well, uh, you know, because uh, me personally and in my band, we didn't really have much of anything, really. Like, um, all, all that happened was one night we decided, you know what, let's get together and let's see if we can make something happen. It just starts with us. And we just keep the ball rolling from there. But, like, you know, we got it started. We didn't get we didn't get that much help from anybody else we just kind of kept pushing and nagging on and then finally we're getting somewhere and it's like awesome so i'm hoping we can keep that ball rolling okay, okay. Nice. where do you so when you sit down to write material where do your where do your influences come from um so definitely um our influences are uh rage against the machine system of a down uh 68 if you know who they are yep oh you do oh yeah yeah absolutely and um how it happened one night is uh, a couple years ago at the key bank pavilion uh we saw a band called uh fever 333 oh they're so good aren't they they're amazing they blend so many genres together they're amazing yes and we saw that as like the modern day rage against the machine so we saw them 2019 and then we were like well shoot if they can do it then you know we can do it because they had they have three guys a singer guitar player and a drummer and that's exactly what eye candy is coincidentally just a a, a singer a guitar player and drummer i'm the guitar player and we just kind of kept going at it and um uh writing a little bit about things that are concerning to us uh, like what Amazon is doing, where it's like they're, they're mistreating their employees and just all these big corporations that think they're so great that they don't have to play by the rules. That's what's concerning to us, and that's the kind of things that we like to write about. Um, we don't really want to sit down and write about uh, mental health or depression because we feel like uh, it, gets a, it, it can get a little old sometimes. It's a very important subject, don't get me wrong, but there's only so many songs you can make about that without saying the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I, um, I'm curious then, so you have a show coming up here pretty soon. Um, what else is, is in the pipeline for you creatively and, and maybe even more specifically professionally or, or educationally since we are here at Point Park University? Um, so are you... Uh, 
So I'm gonna. I I, I kind of like to shift shift away from music a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And go into go into more the acting side, because like I'm an actor too, and I've been doing awesome. it a lot. I've been doing acting a lot more than I've been playing music. Um, and right now I'm involved with a company uh, based down in Newcastle called Zombie Beast Productions, and what we basically do is we make horror films like low budget horror films we're talking less than a thousand dollar budget and we just we just make stuff we just make the kind of things that are scary to us and just all out weird stuff we already put out a, a film like on youtube just to like test the waters see what everybody can do and see if um, there's things we need to work on it's by all no means perfect um, and but like that's okay because like we just wanted to get it out there and um, I don't know get the ball rolling so that way our next film which we're working on right now is going to be even better than that sometimes there's actually more authenticity or more grit to the ones when it's not polished yeah exactly like we don't have we don't have any uh cgi or anything all practical stuff um again less than a thousand you can only do so much with uh less than a thousand dollars but i feel as though that ends up making the better movie if you have less to work with so as a, as a musician, as a writer and an actor, what, how would you describe the importance of just human, human language? Um, I would describe it as, oh man, I got to really think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dr- we're hitting you with some, some deep philosophical questions here. Yes. Right? Like, what, what is language? <laughs> <laughs> um, Usually Angela's in on these ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Could you, uh, um, I'm sorry, could you repeat yeah. that question for so, me? So, I mean, again, like you said, what you write or what you produce, right? So, in, on, on the stage as a musician or as a writer, you know, that has a lasting legacy. You know, so when you're thinking about just the, the art of crafting words and language, you know, what does that mean to you? Um, it me to me, it's um, kind of go, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like you wake up, you get to wake up every day, and you get to stand by what you create and what you say to other people. Even just like a simple conversation to your to to your next door neighbor that you don't even know, that's that's who you are, and. If you wake up every day and you produce, you produce and make things that you don't really mean deep inside, then like, what's the point? What are you doing? But for me personally, and I think uh, the rest of my bandmates and the rest of the uh, crew at Zombie Beast uh, can uh, relate to, I feel like we all can wake up and we all can say, this is who we are. This is what we stand by. And... You don't have to like it, and that's okay. But it's it's uh, it's 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 who. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm kind of no, stumbling. Think you're, you're absolutely right. I'm I stumbling think, uh, a little bit <laughs> because I can't really explain it any more clearer than that. Yeah. But uh, I, I I'm hoping you get the right idea, right? We absolutely. do, <laughs> absolutely, and that's sure. the idea. And I think you know whether it's 
you know, vocally as a musician or a writer or just a conversation with your neighbor, you know, it's the words that we choose to use reflect who we are. And I think when you follow through in what you say and what you believe and your, your true self, then, like I said, I think that's very admirable uh, from my perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that uh, my biggest takeaway from what you're saying basically is, is to live with purpose, to have something that you could be proud of, that you can stand by, something that others can tangibly kind of place their finger on to know kind of where you want, where you want your life to go and, and kind of where you stand. I think that that's important. And I also think that the younger generations lean into that a lot more these days they they want to have a purpose they want to have a larger than life impact and so i um i encourage you to keep striving to to make that impact yeah i, I also think it's just staying true to yourself yeah absolutely and, uh being who you are and um, going back to your conversation about real quick the younger generation i feel like the younger generation uh like you said they're kind of looking for that purpose of theirs but the problem, but the problem with that is, I feel like that they only choose what the popular majority are doing because they feel like they don't have any other choice, and that's the that's a huge problem because you know, it, it's it's like waking it's like waking up one day and saying, oh, the sky is green just because uh, an 80 percent of the kids in school say so so it must be true the sky is green but they don't actually believe that mm -hmm. and but they're just following it because that's what everybody else is doing and that's not okay awesome well giovanni thank you so much for being here today we appreciate the conversation and if you have the chance check out eye candy check out zombie beast films yeah uh in and around the pittsburgh area oh yeah actually and, uh, uh, let us know i just want to say real quick uh the uh, the film on youtube is called uh killer country and uh, the, the name under it is uh, Vince Burkett. Uh, so if you want to check that out, please feel free to do so. And as far as eye candy goes, we have Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and we'll be putting out music real soon. So uh, stick around for that. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll definitely make sure we plug those in the show notes as well. But uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for being here today. We Thanks for having me. Thanks, Giovanni. Our, our pleasure. All right, welcome back. We have Valletta here with us today. Valletta, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Hey, doing we good. are good. good. So, Valletta, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so my name is Valletta Hosey. Um, I work for Colonart. I've been working between Airmark and Colonart for 17 years. Wow. And I run their coffee shop. Awesome. And let me tell you, folks, she does not just only run their coffee shops, but she is the smiling, energetic face <laughs> of our community. Absolutely. So you keep us all going. You know everybody, and we look forward to seeing you each day. And it feels uh, and it's, it's awesome to have you here. So, Valetta, let's talk about some unemployment in the United States, yes. right, which is a significant challenge. Give me some of your perspective. What do you think? I mean, I just felt like, okay, we all know we're coming back from the pandemic. And I just felt like that, with that being said, it would be more jobs available, you know, for people. And I felt like that they will be trying to encourage people to come back to work. But with the wages that's being, uh, you know, offered for these jobs, I feel like that's the big problem. Mm -hmm. 
Like, they're saying well, $15 an hour. What does that really do, you know, for a family? Yeah. You know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it needs to be a better solution to deal with this unemployment situation in the United States. Yeah, and in specifically, if you look at kind of where we're located, you know, we're in an urban area in downtown Pittsburgh. And, you know, as a result of everything that has happened this past year or so, you know, from my perspective, it, you look at this historically and it's, it isn't necessarily just the pandemic that caused this. I think it was kind of just the thing that kind of pushed us to where we're at. Absolutely. Along. And I think organizations don't know what to do. So I think it's even larger than just compensation. Well, I, I, I agree with that. And I can say that because even uh, with the company that I'm with, like, we need people so badly. And with the, the, uh, the trouble that the businesses suffered from losing money, I understand that their point is how can they offer us more money if the business suffered from the pandemic. But we also have to look at the fact that the unemployment rate in the United States was already a mess before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder what is it gonna take for us to become functional, you know, human beings to get a a decent wage Mm -hmm. and where we can, you know, provide for our families without going paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. I don't know, this is a a big debate. What do you guys think? Well, my, Anytime I look at a a problem that's on such a large scale, what I always try to start with is what can what can we do individually? What can we do on a individual level, on a small scale level to make an impact or to even redirect our own focus to to, to be in those areas? So, Valletta, I mean, like, what's your perspective on like on an individual level? What can individuals do? to have their voices maybe be heard more, to get out there into the public, to let this be known, or to even have some solutions on the table. What's your perspective there? I mean, I would suggest, you know, that people speak more about the situations, um, that we, you know, have to make it the, the problem known in order for the solution to come. So I don't know, I mean, I know several people, families that suffering from this very thing. And it's okay, you know, it doesn't matter what type of work you do, whether you're a McDonald's worker or a dishwasher, we all just trying to make a living. So I feel like maybe if we can go to like our our Senate senators and our, you know, the people that's in our boroughs or whatever, and make, you know, the situation known, then maybe, you know, we can get some help from higher up. So talk to me about your experience here in Point Park. Right? Okay. So this is a central hub on our campus. Um, and yes, people come in and out to get a drink, coffee, iced tea, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more than that. Like you're not just selling those beverages or the food. It's the atmosphere and the human connection. Absolutely. How, how does that factor into this discussion? I mean, well, I can't is communication. Mm-hmm. You have to make a person feel welcome and comfortable. And that's what I try to do with each and every person that I serve. Like I'll learn their names, I'll learn what they drink, but I think that was what is what brings everybody back. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they felt like they were special. Mm-hmm. That they were treated, you know, with respect and to just try to 
make it a happy experience, even though you just coming in. Maybe the bad muffin or something. But the fact that somebody take the time out to ask you how your day was, how you doing today, that makes the person feel comfortable. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Dennis. Yeah. Yeah, from let's a, do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, from a valuation standpoint, right? When you think of compensation packages and, and just monetary value, I mean, obviously, placing a price on a product or a service can be done. But how do you, how do you place monetary value on, as Vlado said, it's, it's not just what they're buying. It's the experience that they get, right? And how okay. does that then translate or impact wages perhaps oh wow good question that's why um, i asked yeah <laughs> i figure you throw that one at me um <laughs> i think that it, but this that this topic is so controversial that, that it, it's political it's business it's i mean livelihood it's tight it's tough yeah you got you got all these forces coming together against each other business wants to make uh profit and uh, the people out there want to make enough to support their families and so on and so on but you know there's and maybe i'm getting off track here but you know we both have taught business old school way where it was profit 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 but i've learned this new concept and and i think that it is very important as somebody who's running a business uh really hear this and maybe take it to heart but and, and you, you you've heard of it, the bottom line um triple triple bottom line and it's three P's, people, planet, and profit. So I guess what the problem is, is that we have a lot of people out there with this old school mentality that it's all about profit, 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 who own the business, but they don't realize how, what role people play, their personalities, their, their roles uh, within the business and how they interact with their customers and so forth. That's a huge, that's, that plays a huge role in, mm-hmm getting or making profit so i think it's and, and we talked about it earlier where we were, where we discussed about how leadership is mis, misunderstood sometimes and we got to really look at i think sometimes the business model is sometimes old-fashioned misunderstood and doesn't fit uh where we're at today so i hope i'm answering your question you are you and are and i think what it's getting to, and I think Valletta, you brought up a good point, So, is that our mental models of business are shifting as well as a result of the pandemic. Right, right. And I think as with any change in life or in business or the world, it just takes time. Right. So younger generations, as you said, are more connected to an organization's social responsibility. Yes. Hands down. Yes. Right. And I think, again, the pandemic accelerated it, right? A lot of these issues were here before. It was just the variable that really brought it to the surface, I think. And we're starting to see, I think, organizations are being forced to think about not just how the future of their workforce is going to look, but how are we going to be global partners or even community partners and compensation is one part of that. And you know, you bring up a great point. And again, I'm going into the broader sense of this whole thing, but, but mindsets, you know, you start talking about the, the, the younger generation, uh, as far as I'm concerned, has grown up in the microwave uh, mindset. And what I mean by that, everything's instantaneous. And they're like, hey, man, why can't we just change this like today? Why isn't this just going to, you know, hey, we got an idea, we got a concept, let's change it. And they don't realize that uh, 
from people from an older generation who have experienced, hey, sometimes it, it does take time. And we are shifting, and I do see differences. Um, you know, the old guys, the old tyrants and, and profit, profit people, they're, they're going to be gone here in another decade or two. And uh, hopefully we as professors and leaders and so forth, we're, we're, we're putting out a new concept, a new model that younger people are going to follow and say, wait a minute. I, I mean, even in my day, I think there was just a few decades it got crazy where profit, 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 greed, greed, greed. Because there was a day when, when uh, owners of companies would say, you know what, we're hitting hard times. I'm not going to lay any of you off. I'll take the money out of my pocket and I'll keep you working as much as I can and to keep you going. And they did that. And then all of a sudden, profit, 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 the Enron days, make money. And I think it's just shifting back to a mindset that it's not profit is not the ultimate, uh, shouldn't be the ultimate goal is what I should say. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just babbling. Angela, what do you think? I turned my mic down. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get it so that I'm not picking up all the blender. So I turned sure. it off there for a second. Sure. My, here's my perspective to, to maybe put a bow on this is, is uh, yeah, I think the conversation on unemployment is one that um, will be ongoing. Uh, oh. Just as so many other topics right now, uh, the pan these conversations were ongoing before the pandemic and the pandemic is only changing the scope of that conversation even more. But wh what I really love is how in this moment, we actually captured, I think, the most important element in business and in the world. And, and as Valletta even talked about it, is the people. And, I mean, as we're sitting here talking with Valletta, you, you'll see it on the video, her go up and, and, and help the customers that were coming in the door. You know, nothing supersedes that to Valletta. And um, I hope that businesses, companies, owners don't take the people for granted, not just the people coming in the door, because I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about, Dennis, is that profit. That's the people walking in the door. But what about the people that open up the doors for everybody else, you know? And they are actually profit as well. If, if you really dig deep enough, yeah. you'll find that they are profit as well. Awesome. Excellent. Very good. Well, thank you, Valletta. I appreciate it. This is an incredibly, as each of you have said, an important topic. And it's one that like I said, I don't think it's going to get resolved anytime soon, but I think you're going to have more significant debate and conversation um, about unemployment and compensation and how organizations interact, work, treat, recruit, sustain, and just keep their employees. Uh, again, that's something that I, you know, just as a result of the last few years and even before, um, but it's going to change. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And we have here with us Natalia, who is a broadcast journalism major with a minor in marketing. Yes, I here am. At Point Park University. That's awesome. Natalia, before we get to your topic of conversation, which is pretty deep. It is deep. If I think about it. Tell us a little bit about yeah. yourself. So I'm a sophomore at Point Park. Um, like I'm a ma my major is broadcast journalism with a minor in marketing, and awesome. I'm involved with a lot at the school. I'm actually a social media manager, host of Pioneer Sideline, which is the sports show. Oh, cool. And I'm co-producer of Entertainment on Point and like a reporter with that. I'm on the track team, and I'm a hurdler, sprinter, and jumper with that. And um, I'm president-elect of the honors program, too. When are you taking wow. over the world? I know. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, when is that happening? Wow. We're ready. You know what? That's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like being busy, and I'm, um, you know... It's fun, yeah. and I really love Point Park. So 
Yeah, awesome. a little bit about me. Cool. So I know you wrote down life as your topic, right? So how did all these interest areas, because they are somewhat diverse. Yeah. How did they all kind of merge and how did, how did you get interested in doing so many things? So in high school, I was a part of the media department and since my freshman year. So it all started with that in Media One. And then I ended up taking broadcasting sophomore year. And then I am taking broadcasting again junior year, but with TV Productions, which is like the morning announcements team. So I just started behind the scenes with all the media stuff. But then I realized that I really like being on air, like on air. So I took the on air talent class. And that's kind of what got me into my major and like where I am now with media. And that's why I came to Point Park is because of like the communication school and all of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my background with that. And I've always been kind of like in charge of stuff in high school and like president of clubs. Yeah. So I kind of just took that on in college too to continue my like academic excellence. Okay. Well, and I guess I'm going to ask the big question. <laughs> what is life? Oh, jeez. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I I, I'm just kidding. No. So I, I guess, I mean... It just sounds like you have it so together and everything. So, so tell us what 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 is one of the uh, things that you love about life so much? I really love like having relationships with people and like connecting with people on a on a deeper level. I really realize that that's kind of how I like to form relationships, and that's why I like going to a smaller school because I like seeing people that I know and I like talking to people, and I feel like that really helps with like you know who I am and like what I'm about. Awesome. So here's a, this is going to be a really difficult question. Right? You said what you're a track guy. Oh, no, no. Not as philosophical, but so you're a hurdler, mm-hmm. right? What are you thinking when you're lined up <laughs> right before the starting gun goes off? I don't want to fall on my face. <laughs> Literally, that's the one thing I'm like, I just want to start the race and finish the race. That's like the goal. And as long as I try my best and I, you know, run as fast as I can, and I finish nice and strong. That's what it's about. Awesome. It's kind of like some of our goals in life is mm-hmm. to not fall on our face and, and try just try not to, you know, try to get to that end, to that yeah. finish line. And I've really, like, because in college, I feel like I've really had the mindset of, like, making sure that I don't rush anything. Like, everything is a journey. It's a part of the journey. It's hmm. not about the destination, about getting there. It's really just about, you know, learning from everything and taking um, – you know, advice from all of that stuff. So, hmm. so I kind of like where you're going with that portion of things. I'm a big fan of living in the present. I think that too often people try to look into the future and sometimes people perseverate on the past, right? But I think that when we can live in the present, we can really appreciate what's going on around us and even focus our energy on the things that we want to impact in our future. You are taking on a lot currently. Um, What is it right now in the present that's motivating you the most, that's inspiring you the most? Honestly, I feel like just trying to get better as a person. Like everything that I do, like I do it for a reason. And I, you know, time is such a valuable thing that like, obviously I'm juggling all these things, but I feel like I'm truly, you know, splitting my time up well and trying to just do everything as best as I can. And I want to piggyback off of that as well. I teach a University 101 class, um, City Life here. And one of the topics that we talk about at the beginning of the semester is time management, balancing your time. Um, Just from meeting you very briefly here again, (laughs) reiterating the amount of things that you're taking on. What advice would you give to your peers here 
on not just necessarily getting involved. It's one thing to get involved, but if you're spreading yourself too thin, if you're not managing your time correctly, that's not necessarily the best endeavor, right? What advice would you give to your peers to be able to find balance and to manage time to be as productive and well-rounded seemingly as you are? My one piece of advice is honestly to write everything down and have a calendar because that's how I stay on top of all my schoolwork and I get good grades because I make sure all my assignments are listed. I check everything off when I'm done with it. And even on a calendar with all your activities, making sure you don't overbook yourself and making sure that you know you got everything handled. And if you do have an overbook, it's okay to understand that like, it's okay to say, okay, I overbooked myself. I have to go back and you know, tell them I can't make it. Because that's totally fine. Everyone's you know, you know, human. So that's what I've learned, is just making sure that everything's on a calendar and organized. You know, kind of in the same line, except a little deeper question, and, uh, you know, I, I could just tell by your personality, you're very, uh, you know, up and, and, and energetic and so forth. So uh, do you have many Debbie Downers in your life who, you know, just uh, complain about life and so forth? How do you influence others to see life as you see life? So I just try to think of it in a way that everything happens for a reason. And I kind of just try to tell my friends, my family that like, if something bad happens in your life, then you need to just look at it in a way that's like, instead of looking at it in a bad way, you need to look at it in a way, what did I learn from this? What do I need to do next time that I don't repeat the same thing? Because in that way, that's how you'll turn something negative and do a positive thing. And everything that you go through in life is who you are. Like everything, it makes you who you are. So that's how I stay positive and happy, literally. All right, Natalie, thank you for taking the time today. I love your energy, love your outlook. Thank you, and guys. Like you said, that's um, it's a Simon, and best of luck on your, your midterm here. Thank you so yeah. much. So, I appreciate so, it. Absolutely. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have Chrissy here joining us. Chrissy. You notice you are a bit of creative writer. Yes, So sir. tell us a little bit about your background, and we'd love to learn more. Um, well, I was born and raised in Wilkesburg. I awesome. am um, the oldest of three siblings. Um, I am also from a line of what I like to call the creative, the creative family. My dad paints and writes. I'm oh, cool. the poet. My brother is the drawler, and my little sister is the anime artist. Um, but I am creative writing major creative writing major junior here at Point Park. Oh, that's so cool. cool. So I have to ask, when did kind of the bug kind of catch you for the creative writing side? Because I think that certainly draws up a certain personality. Um, it was in eighth grade. Nice. Back in the middle of math class, where they were talking about, talking about basically how in college you have to have at least one math class in science. I was like, well, if you're going to be writing in your future, why would you really need any of that? And they were like, uh, and they didn't give me an answer. I was like, so that's how you know. <laughs> and it was also, um, I was more of an introvert all the way throughout my school education. And I turned in an anonymous piece to basically talk about, talk out to my bullies and all of that. And they were like, oh, so this is really good. So who wrote this? They didn't have a name on it. And I just kind of like sheepishly like raised my hand. And they're yeah. like, really? You wrote this? I was like, yes. They're like, no, you didn't. I was like, yes, I did. And I owned it. And it was that first time, like after that, I started sitting in the front of the classroom and like owning my stuff more. And it was that moment where I was like, this is bigger than me. And I was like, I want other people to step out of the shadows and be their selves and not have to worry about everybody who 
deems herself as better or dominant or the classroom tough guy, so to say. Yeah. So to basically to be that mentor to somebody that other people didn't have growing up that I didn't really have growing up and be that kind of individual for people. I, I'm, if you don't mind, I want to jump in on this. So Chrissy, you know, I, I know you. Um, and as I said off the air, Chrissy was in my University 101 class, enjoyed teaching you, and I'm glad that you and I are still connected and, and still, you know, talk and, and give each other advice and stuff. I've seen you grow and evolve over the last couple of years. Um, and I, I believe I'm correct here by saying you're, you're a first-generation college student, correct? Absolutely, and, yes. and I know that even in my university class, you mentioned about how you've already started now to inspire others in your family. And you do have somebody else in your family now who is in college, yes. correct? So talk, talk to us just a little bit about what that's been like being a first-generation college student and now seeing others in your family following in those impressive footsteps. Well, to elaborate on the story, I, um, I wasn't originally supposed to be the first one in line for college. I had two cousins who were supposed to be in college long before me, but it took me being in college two weeks and killing it, mind you, for them to step up and say that I could do this. Um, as far as what it's like to be the first generation college student, I really don't have mommy and daddy to help with the bills anymore. <laughs> I was like, mom and dad was like, oh, you'll be, be my little girl. I was like, okay, and the first college tuition bill came. I was like, so is that still going to happen? <laughs> so I, um, it's always been a little bit of a challenge for me, but it's also a heck of a great milestone because back in elementary school, middle school, high school, I never thought I was going to be able to make it through high school more or less to even make a foot into college and to be able to do and to be able to do that last semester I passed with a 3.8 GPA awesome fantastic which is the highest GPA that I've ever had in my whole academic life so to be able to do that and my brother is a freshman in college this semester going to pit for animation I want to be able to continue that you can do this kind of mentor slash chief in front of the village kind of thing and let them know that it definitely is hard like I cry so many times and I guess that's a part of being a creative writing slash the starving artist kind of life um, you fall down so many times but you keep bouncing back up no matter how many times you fall no matter how hard the push was that made you fall you just keep getting back up you know, I can relate with your story. Um, my background's kind of the same, and uh, but I, I just want to give you a couple words of wisdom. You won't believe, as you get older, how much you impact other lives just by sharing that inspiring story. That uh, you know, just keep telling people what you're telling them that mm -hmm. uh, because it's important, and you'll be surprised how many lives you'll touch with your with your experiences. In one instance is um, back in high school, I originally was trying to get more of a part of the classroom because like my teacher who didn't, doesn't teach my uh, year anymore was in the lower classes. I was like, okay. And I walked in and this girl was like one by herself and was crying and everybody else kind of picking at her. So in that instance, I saw myself in her. And I was like, no, this isn't right. I was like, nobody was there to do it for me, so why can't I do it for them? So I literally dragged my chair up from the front of the class because I was like a teacher assistant, and I went to the back. And I was like, she just 
cried on my shoulder. And from there, it was like this poetry, which is what I like to concentrate in my major, isn't just for me. There's going to be audiences that are going to read this. I'm not going to be the only one who goes through a heartbreak. I'm not going to be the only one who wants to drop out of high school, go, drop out of college, but decide to go through it because they don't want to let each other down. I'm not going to be the only one who goes through it, just like Maya Angelou wasn't the only one, just like several other poets and everybody in my life before me, my past lives. <laughs> I'm not going to be the only one. So in order for me to be able to make that step in history for other people to better themselves, I want to be that person. You know, and I just want to put this plug in there. That is true leadership. And this is what our show is all about. It's yeah. about leadership. And that is true leadership. You know, stepping outside yourself, stepping into a role to where you influence and impact so many other people. So mm -hmm. kudos to you. Thank yeah, you. and absolutely. 100% agree there. And, and, and I appreciate your authenticity. And I really want to know, where does your strength come from? I mean, because again, when I, when I listen to you speak and, and what you have done throughout your life in helping others while pushing forward in your own journey, like where, where does it come from? First and foremost, it comes from my relationship with God. And I've been brought into a very heavy Christian like family. Also, it comes with I call it the SpongeBob metaphor. I live in a world with so many Squidwards. And there, <laughs> there's no reason why you can't be that one SpongeBob that steps up and says, I'm ready. Like, hell yeah, I'm ready. Did you come up with that? Yes. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for not making fun of the Starship patch. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we know people go there sometimes. But anyway, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Hey, I, um, Chrissy, I really appreciate you coming, giving us the time. I'm always impressed with what you're doing. I think that um, the only other thing that I would ask of you right now, and Patrick put, we had a, a musician who was talking to us earlier, and Patrick put them on the spot. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me a couple lines of, uh, of a poem that maybe you have memorized or just some, some creative words that we could put onto this podcast right now. Okay. Um I actually performed this yesterday. It's called, um, or it's the beginning of To the First Man Who Called Me Queen and Meant It. I can only assume what you meant and how, it react, how you reacted when I first told you how much it means to me. How words were best friends to a once lonely girl, a once lonely girl that if written herself into an essay would be a self-contradiction that the word processor would not be able to keep up with. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, there it is. Chills. You didn't think I would be ready for that. I, no, I knew you would be ready for that. Chrissy, Chrissy did an impromptu almost. I'd say it was impromptu, um, like slam poetry in, in my university class for everybody in there. Always impressed with you, Chrissy. Well, thank Very you, cool. Chrissy. I really Absolutely. appreciate your Thank you so much for story. being able to interview me. Yeah. I Chrissy. know this has been something I've been talking to Angelo about. <laughs> Cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Chrissy, it was a real pleasure. And again, we wish you all the best. And no doubt we're going to hear many more amazing things uh, as you continue your journey, both here at Point Park and beyond. Absolutely. If you see Chrissy Bloom on any book, that would be me. Okay. Awesome. We hope. Thank you Thank so you, much. Chrissy. Absolutely. All right. We'd like to welcome to the show Stephen, who is an accounting major here in the Roland School of Business at Point Park University. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Point Park, your final semester, uh, leading up to graduation. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Malvin Hill. Absolutely. And please call me Patrick. Sounds a little too formal. Fancy <laughs> there. But uh, tell us a little, just a little bit about your background and, and where you're from. Sure thing. So, I actually graduated from the Community College of Allegheny County back in December of 2019. I came here to Point Park University as a transfer student in accounting. And actually, I completed an internship this past summer at a local nonprofit organization called Partner for Work Pittsburgh. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh. So how, you know, this is your final semester at Point Park, right? So just from your perspective, I mean, what's this journey like, you know, making your way towards graduation? Well, it's kind of been, you know, difficult to find different jobs right now because the job market is really crazy with people, you know, exiling because of working from home or they're taking the option of working back in the office again. But with the accounting industry, everyone is looking to have an accountant. And luckily for me right now, just a few days ago, I just got a job offer. That's so exciting. Cool. And um, are you comfortable sharing maybe who you're going to be working with and what you're doing? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I actually accepted an offer from a auditing firm that is up in Cranberry Township called SR Snodgrass. Yep. Awesome. It's so amazing. So what are you doing to prepare yourself for this transition from college to work? Uh, networking. <laughs> More or less getting information from accountants and auditors within the industry and getting, a, you know, getting some expectation on what it is like to travel, to understand what the different aspects of accounting are, the different principles that are to be followed. So getting the experience firsthand is one of the biggest priorities right now before even jumping into this okay. experience. Well, I got to add to that, okay? What about emotionally? Are you ready? I don't even know if I can even answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most looking forward to, right? Because, again, your schedule obviously will change a little bit. So it goes from semesters and classes to you know, a regular professional schedule, right? Getting to know the clients a little better because yeah. in accountant your job is to make sure that the clients are being treated respectively You're taking due care due process due due diligently and yeah. you're competent in order to complete such an opportunity and a task like yeah. this in accounting that is considered a code of ethics and For me that change is to you know know my my clients know what industry they are a part of and how do you take care of their situations? So what about you? Right outside, because you've gone through this process and you've acquired the academic and intellectual knowledge to move into this field. Do you have any personal goals, hobbies, or things that you want to do, perhaps? Well, I'd like to work in television one day. That's for darn oh, sure. No. <laughs> awesome. Accounting, television. Wow, that's, that's, that's a unique cool. combination. Can you explain more about that? Sure. When I was in high school, I used to be a part of a, our television station. And after graduation, I actually got the opportunity to volunteer at a local TV station in Bethel Park called Bethel Park Public Access Television. And through the years, I have helped in directing and helped in editing and putting together programs for more than like 400 shows. Wow. So I've, I've had all the experience needed to understand who the people are behind it, what kind of style the show goes into, and exactly what is the concept we're going to go through with our community and our viewers? So is this more on a, like, um, I don't know, uh, volunteer type? For the television, television? side? Yeah. This was more of like a volunteer thing at BPTV, okay. but 
sometime in the future, probably like 20 years down the line or more. I don't know. You make that sound so long, but it's not as <laughs> long as you think. Trust me. It's going to go by fast. <laughs> well, in entertainment, you have to, it's hard to transition from one end to the other. Okay. So you have to make it smooth. And if you think about it too fast, it's, it's going to hit you hard. Okay. So you just, you got to think of it through and make a good plan about it. If you, if you think about it way too fast, it's, it's going to hurt you. Okay. Stephen, uh, I first met you because I was your advisor here uh, at Point Park, uh, and I, I honestly still remember the first day I met you, and, and this is one of my favorite things about you is this experience I'm about to say. I was in my office, and you come walking down the hall. I'd never met you before, and you were, like, making your rounds around campus. You had already met uh, Dean Tanzilli at this point. Um, you had met Molly McClellan, you'd met Michael Elko, Brad Thompson, and you come walking into my office, shake my hand and, and tell me who you are, what you've done and what you're looking for. And you're, you're a success story in a lot of different ways. You're a transfer student. A lot of times transfer students don't always complete the program, right? They, there's a high rate of uh, attrition sometimes with transfer students. You're showing that you have the skills to be successful, to leave a place where you had success and go into a new place and find more success. I love your personality. I love your approach. And you deserve all the accomplishments that you, you've gained so far. What advice would you give as you're rounding the corner here to end your stint, your tenure here at Point Park? What advice would you give to your peers to, to maybe be a little bit more like that or just advice on how to network? Because I think you network very well. Well, some advice I'd like to give to some people who are in accessibility services and those who have disabilities, accommodations, and those who kind of feel unfortunate or feel down by what they have, my piece of advice is this. This is my, my favorite catchphrase to use. Your disability becomes your ability. Always think of it outside the box. Don't ever put yourself in a position where you think you can't do it. If I'm someone who's autistic and is able to think outside the box and to really work hard and to make the best example of myself possible, go for it. Don't ever back yourself out of it. Wow. That's good advice. This is why I love you, Stephen. Words of, of extreme wisdom there. Yeah, and obviously, like I said, Stephen, you're a shining example of those exact words and that exact approach to, to tackling challenges as well as pursuing opportunities. So yeah, we know you're in a hurry. You got to go take a test or, or no, you have a class. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but we want to thank you for participating and being on the show and we appreciate it. And we sure you're, we're sure you're going to go far and congratulations on, on the job as well. I mean, what an accomplishment. That's the goal, right? So good job. Thank you so much guys. Thank you, Steven. Take care. All right. Thank you, everybody, again, for joining us today. Like I said, this is our first podcast back in a while. And like I said, we're excited to kind of get this ball rolling again. Dennis, final thoughts. Hey, I'm just glad to be out of my apartment down here in the city. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been in the city and uh, back on the campus here at Point Park. So, um, again, I just had a good time. Angelo. This is what gives podcasting such a good name. And this is what... I believe gives you know university life such a good name is the experience that we had here we talked to a diverse group of people with different topics that they wanted to discuss and just really had candid honest conversations so I'm grateful to be part of this and for everybody who sat down and and really just off the cuff had just a regular kind of conversation it's it's these little things that you know maybe a lot of us including myself took took for granted the last year or so and it just feels good to be back 
Yeah, very well stated, Angelo and Dennis. And like you said, it's uh, it's an opportunity to, again, reconnect. Uh, we had some awesome conversations, fully authentic. And like you said, I look forward to joining each of you and our guests here uh, hopefully soon for another, another edition. Yeah. And look forward to you in the audience. Uh, thank you again for your patience. Thank you for continuing to tune in because, uh, again, you are equally as much as, of this podcast as us and our guests here today. Uh, so look forward to seeing you on a future episode. Yeah. Good day.